Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We had a terrific conversation in that last segment about the, the truly transformational relationship between success in the future of Mississippi and the ability to connect us, you know, the broadband access. It's really important. Uh, Kent Nico, of course, addressed it from a telemedicine point of view. And um, you, know, get into, you get into the rural hospitals and how and the relationship they have with their patients. You know, broadband access, the ability to have access, could literally save lives in a telemedicine scenario. And uh, we have real opportunities, and we're, we're engaging those opportunities now with very significant opportunities in the future as it relates to this. Then Shannon Strunk talked about the transformative nature of uh, technology and Internet access to business and the opportunities that exist there. Now we're going to shift gears and move over to our friend Wayne Rodolfich. You know, he's known, he's known as we talked about earlier, as being sort of a cutting-edge superintendent. And, um, and I've had shows dedicated to this subject uh, with him. You know, the, his whole plan and how he planned to get kids back in school was so technology-involved. In, so, Wayne, why don't you share your thoughts about this? Well, going back several years, Ricky, in 2013, I gave a speech to the Mississippi Association of School Superintendents and I told them at that time that the technology train is coming. And I used multiple statistics and the number of apps that are out there and the, nece- the necessity of bandwidth. And at that time, I think about less than 10% of the state had adequate bandwidth for the students that were in their schools. So this has been something that I've continued to build on. I wrote an editorial for the Sun-Herald about using BP money to create the Silicon Sound so that we'd have a bandwidth corridor across the Mississippi Gulf Coast because you have rail, you have ports, you have airports, you have I-10, you have Highway 90, but you don't didn't have at that time that corridor or bandwidth. Well, I think we're saturated with some of that bandwidth now here locally. But when you look around the state of Mississippi, there's a deficit in the amount of bandwidth that's available. And let me tell you about an experiment that we conducted this summer through our tech camp for teachers. Using a total uh, distance learning platform, we advertise that we're going to have a tech camp for teachers in the Pasco Agoche School District that was totally virtual. <clears throat> we had 30 sessions over a two-day period, and we had to shut down the amount of people who were in it because 2,200 people had signed up with more on the way. And so we trained 2,200 people over a two-day period on 30 different sessions with three people. And if there's ever been a deficit and a necessity for training of teachers in the state of Mississippi to use online distance learning platforms, it's right now. So we are now evolving that using other districts such as Vicksburg Warren with Chad Sheely. Uh, We're trying to get in touch with Corinth to work up there um, with their superintendent. And we're trying to build this gateway to training, which costs absolutely nothing. And we use three total people to manage both days. And this is live answering questions for everybody who is on the sessions. So when I, when I talk about the transformative nature and the opportunity here, when you have a Mississippi Delta that has a deficit in resources, you can provide the same resources to everyone across the state of Mississippi, very much like telemedicine. And I can remember being a patient several years ago whenever they started introducing, we're going to put everything on an iPad and the revolt that was taking place with some of the physicians that know they weren't ready to transform. Well, now I, I would imagine they're all saying, thank God we made that transformation because now you can instantaneously pull that data 
and have it at your fingertips. Uh, and I think that's the important thing, the resource capability that we have to give resources. But not only that, I heard a great point made about using this distance learning platform. If you gave I Have a Dream speech from Martin Luther King and you told students that you're going to have to watch this speech tonight and we'll discuss it tomorrow. So now you're not taking that time out of class to actually show the speech. You have that already taken care of. When you get to the speech, you can have a full dialogue about how that was impactful to the students. So Wayne, talk talk for a second about how. Let's talk about the the here and now. A, a just take any any classroom uh, in your school district and, and explain how technology is enabling you in your pandemic plan. Well, we use Ingenuity at our high schools, which is a almost a canned system, but it's also monitored by teachers. But we also use Google Classroom in our, in our classrooms, and we also use the Canvas platform, which is the exact same platform that's used at our colleges. So not only are our students learning how to use these college platforms, but the teachers are also learning to become experts. And our goal is by the end of this month to have all of our teachers at our secondary level completely trained on campus. So there's a multitude of things that are happening, but I can't uh, emphasize the importance of in-class instruction and that the technology is a great uh, part of what we do, but you really can't replace that dynamic classroom teacher. Well, that's good. Anything else you want to add? Well, I just appreciate uh, Commissioner da uh, Dane Maxwell providing this opportunity for the people of Mississippi. It's a visionary effort, and we're very excited about being a part of it in the past school, Betche School District. That's good. Hey, Shannon, coming back to you for a second, you mentioned that you were doing interviews using tech, using the technology. Uh, I mean, you're, for someone who's used to doing the in-person interviews your whole career, how much of a change was that? Well, I mean, for us to you know, start doing them, had to get used to it. But I will tell you that that could change how we do them in the future anyway. Because if the, you know, if the signal, the video, if everything is fine, you don't have to travel. So when we're interviewing people from even outside of Mississippi, they, they're really right there in the conference room, whatever room we're in. So I, I will tell you, I actually like those. Uh, we spend a few minutes, you know, just getting people comfortable. And once we get to that point, you can really have an interview as if he's sitting right across the table from you. So I actually like it. It's a benefit that came out of it, if you ask me. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I had this conversation with lawyers and district attorneys and others in the court system, and how they're using technology in the court system has really tr transformed it. I don't think they're going to be moving back again. For example, they used to have to have numerous guards involved and a lawyer going to meet with a, with, uh, a prisoner at the jail, whereas now they're doing them using technology and you don't have all that time <laughs> of traveling and waiting and all these resources tied up. I think it's going to be it's going to change things. Expert witnesses being able to be connected to the courtroom, not having to you know fly in, just just connecting them, uh, uh, you know, just using the technology. Unbelievable changes. I agree. Um, so, so Dane, as we as we begin to sort of wind down this part of the conversation, what what closing thoughts do you have? Well, you know, our partnerships are important. These are partnerships. These guys are great. I appreciate their efforts and we've also the central district has four of their folks and the northern district has four so it's going to be a great committee uh, one of the things i want to add too is uh, when you're talking about high-speed internet on the business side I, I deal a lot with ports all the way across an industrial complexes most all that i've talked to have all agreed that uh, the lack of high-speed internet uh, they lose business on a regular basis because uh, the, the specific ones that I talked to didn't have it. This is going to bring an economic boom to Mississippi. And when you're talking about 
uh, high-speed internet. You're talking about affordable high-speed internet. I get that question a lot. Um, this is going to be uh, in line with uh, costs uh, uh, that are affordable, and it's also going to be uh, when I say high speed. And I don't. I'm not an expert, like I said before, but I do know that if you have DSL, typically you have what's called a 25 up and a five down, and uh, this is this will give you an idea of where we're we're going with our our speed as we progress it'll be a hundred up and a hundred down so when you talk about high speed you're talking about extremely high speed and uh we'll be some of the first in the uh nation to do this and uh you know as telecommuting and and various other things are coming to bear now uh in this covid world uh, i'm 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 agreeing with uh, with Shannon about doing interviews. We, we're doing this. And so I think you're going to be able to see a difference very soon, Ricky. Very soon. I want to make well, one point. I want to make yeah, one sure. point, too. Yeah. Uh, one of the people that's on the committee I put on there was um, in an at-large uh, position, and that's Chris Champion, who's a director of governmental affairs for Ceasefire. Ceasefire has come out to be a huge partner in this. It's a Mississippi company, and they want to be part of it. They've worked out and are continuing to work out agreements with the co-ops as well as uh, Mississippi Power and Energy to start moving high speed even further. And then we are also, I got to give kudos to Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College and, Jackson, and Jones County Junior College because we're meeting with them and working on apprenticeship programs for uh, tower workers in the 5G world. The problem with 5G is they're tw they have 20,000 open jobs now. We've got to train those people and get them moving. So we're going to do the 5G in connection with the broadband uh, so that we can explode this thing out quicker and we can get people under high speed, starting with the unserved areas and the underserved areas. Well, that, that's terrific. So as I, as I mentioned at the, at the outset, uh, the pandemic has revealed uh, the opportunities that were really already there, but I think it created a very compelling case for action because you've seen people begin to implement and adopt and accept, uh, accept technology as ways to, to do things. As Kent talked about, you know, the acceptance of, of uh, having patients accept the process and recognize you don't have to be face-to-face -face and students and, and parents accepting that as it relates to the education process and business people that Shannon talked about using technology in ways we never imagined we would use it again. All of these are transformative natures. They're, they're going to create structural changes in the way we do things. And Mississippi now has, with this Connect Mississippi Committee, an opportunity to really understand what are the best practices and how do we use this new broadband connectivity that we're creating for ourselves so hey when we come back i want to talk we're going to talk a little bit, bit deeply in the last segment with uh, wayne rodolfich i want to talk to him about the changes in the educational system most recently and how what their pandemic experience is and then kent had a really important conversation with dr dodge just before he came so we'll be back after this break Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.